This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion one verse at a time. Well, hello, welcome to the One Verse Podcast. I'm your teacher for this podcast, Jeremy Myers. Have you ever wondered what 1 Corinthians 9, 27 means? Paul writes, But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest, when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Does that mean if we're not careful with our preaching in our life, that even if we follow Jesus for most of our life and are faithful and study scripture and all those sorts of things, if near the end of our life, we can do something that might cause God to send us to hell? That doesn't sound very much like God, does it? But uh, then what does the verse mean? What is Paul talking about? That's what we will be discussing in today's podcast episode. And hey, if you appreciate these podcast episodes, maybe also my books or what I write on my blog, and you want to support the work I do, help spread this message around the world and to other people, just want to say thank you, then I have a way that you can do that just by on your, on your phone right now. You can just send a text to PayPal. 729-725. And in the text, just include two things. The amount you want to give, you know, just put a number, 10, 20, whatever, even five. Two dollars is fine. Dollar, I don't care um, if you want to say thank you that way. And then the second thing to put in the text is the email address, my email address to send the donation to. And the email address is donate at redeeminggod.com. All right, so uh, 729-725, that's who to send the text to. It's PayPal, and then the amount, and my email address. Donate at redeeminggod.com. Thank you so much if you want to support this podcast and my work in this way. It really means a lot to me. Several of you have donated, and I really appreciate that. It helps spread this message around the world. I get messages every week from Africa and uh, even places in the Middle East. I got one recently from this uh, woman who was raised Muslim and she has converted to Christianity and found my blog and my podcast and is really benefiting and learning from it and being encouraged by it. She has lived a horrible, terrible life and uh, she is finding love and grace and forgiveness and healing in Jesus Christ. So your support, your help, your prayers even are making this possible. Thank you so very much. Now, I hope uh, that today's podcast episode is also going to be helpful to you, and I believe it will if you've ever struggled with this passage of 1 Corinthians 9.27. And it was first sort of brought to my attention many, many years ago when I was a high school student. I attended a Christian uh, high school, in fact, Christian school all the way, K-12. through And so one of the things is that we had at the school was a Bible class every single day. Uh, And so I remember in one of my classes, one of those days, this was in high school, and the teacher, uh, she said, she read this verse, 1 Corinthians 9, 27, and she said, look at Paul. He was this apostle, right? One of the greatest missionaries the world has ever seen. He wrote, you know, what is it? A third of the New Testament, something like that. A A good chunk of it anyway. And, but even he, this is what she said, even he was afraid 
that near the end of his life, if he messed up, if he sinned in some great way, that he could disqualify himself for heaven and he would end up in hell. And so she said, you high school students, you need to be aware of this. You need to watch your behavior, your words, your actions, all of these sorts of things. Be careful, not just now while you're in high school, all the temptations, but also throughout the rest of your life, because it's possible for you to be disqualified and for God to say, well, I'm sorry, You might have served me for most of your life, like the Apostle Paul, uh, but you had this sin, and so now off to hell with you. Now, obviously, Paul didn't start off that way. He uh, was a Pharisee and uh, even a murderer, uh, rounding up Christians and condemning them to death and imprisoning them. But then later he had the conversion experience. You know the whole story. But once he did become a Christian, he lived very faithfully. So again, what does this verse mean? Was Paul afraid that although he had loved and served Jesus for many years, here, now, near the end of his life, if he messed up, that he might end up in hell, you know, eternally separated from God? The question is, the answer is no. All right, and let me explain why. Oh, and by the way, uh, this podcast episode is drawn somewhat from my online course called The Gospel Dictionary. And in that uh, course, I look at 52 keywords of the gospel. One of them is the word approved, and uh, this word disqualified uh, is the opposite of approved, all right? So uh, that's the key term. Really, to understand what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 9.27, we need to understand what the word disqualified means, or approved, or disapproved, all right? Disapproved is the opposite of approved, or disqualified is the opposite of qualified, all right? Um, The Greek word used here, and in various other texts, which I also look at in the Gospel Dictionary course, um, I I explain what the word means, and then we look at, I don't know, five to six passages. One of them is this 1 Corinthians 9.27. But anyway, the Greek word is dokimos, all right? And the word approved is a fine translation. Uh, You could also translate it as acceptable or pleasing, uh, something like that, useful even, all right? Now, Uh, What is most important is that this word uh, was often used in Roman culture in connection with money, all right? Uh, Today, we have paper dollars and things, and, uh, you know, back then, they didn't have that. They had coins, and they didn't just have coins. Our coins are made out of nickel and other things. They hardly have any real value. If you were to melt them down, they'd be basically worthless, but that wasn't the case back then. Back then, their coins were actually made out of precious metals, gold and silver and and, and things like that, okay? And so what they would do is they would pour, they would melt down the metal and then pour it into these molds and and, uh, make coins out of them, all right? Now, now once the, the metal cooled, then obviously the coins would be put into circulation. Now, you can imagine, or maybe not, but I'll tell you how this system could be abused. In fact, I have a picture on my blog post, which is related to this podcast, just go to redeeminggod.com, 1 Corinthians 9.27, disqualified. If you, if you have trouble finding that, just search Google for it. Search uh, 1 Corinthians 9.27, redeeminggod.com, and uh, it'll, it'll be pulled up in the first, first Google uh, uh, result, all right? Uh, but there's a picture there of a coin. It looks sort of like it's made out of silver, and you can see by looking at it that the edges have been cut off have been shaved off. There are some words there. You can see there used to be letters, full letters, but the letters have been 
um, the, the edges of the coin were cut off. All right, and so that's what people would do. Okay, if you have say ten coins and you can shave the edges off of all ten of those coins, well, the shavings now from those ten coins can be melted down and then made poured into a new mold, and now your ten coins have turned into eleven coins. All right, it's a, a simple way to make yourself a little bit more money, and that's often what would happen. All right, uh, and uh, you know if you're paying a large sum of money for something, you're not going to usually the person accepting the money is not going to visually inspect each and every coin, and so often uh, they would just weigh them out. You've seen these scales and so on. So often when you were buying something, they would just weigh it out because the coins were based on weight. So if you were measuring 10 coins or 100 coins or something, then obviously it would be a particular weight. And they would weigh it to make sure that all of them were there and so on. And, you know, this wasn't an exact science. So as long as it was close, then they would accept it. Well, the problem, obviously, is with this coin shaving thing. Um, you could get close to the weight, but you were still generating more money. And in the long run, the coins were getting less and less weight and therefore less and less value. And anyway, it used to be such a huge problem with this. It's an ancient form of counterfeiting, really. Uh, it used to be a huge problem that in one year in Athens, over 80 laws were passed trying to stop this one practice of coin shaving. Okay, and it's because everybody was doing it. It was illegal, and it was it was weakening the value of their money, and so on. So now, not surprisingly, just like today, there were people employed by the government at that time to try to make sure that this was not happening. It was like various officials from the Treasury Department, I suppose, going around checking to make sure that there's no counterfeit money. It was back then. It had various officials who would go around and make sure that these coins were not being shaved, that the coins were still their proper weight and so on. If you were caught doing this, then of course, just like today, you would face fines and possibly imprisonment, all right? So um, this person who went around examining and weighing the coins was called a dokimos, an approver, all right? That was their official title. A dokimos made sure that only coins of the proper weight were kept in circulation. So if they found coins that had been shaved, they would remove them from circulation, melt them down, and then remint them into proper coins, and of course try to catch the people who were doing this. Now, this helps us understand several of the New Testament texts where God is described as the dokimos of men. All right, And so when you see this word, disapproved, disqualified, something like that, in your English Bibles, you have some sort of Greek tool or Greek, you know, keyword reference study guide or something, then you can look it up. And if it's this word dokimos or the reverse, ah dokimos, okay, the word ah is like uh, the opposite, ah dokimos. Uh, and if it's used in reference to God, then, then what the biblical author is saying, whether it's Paul or whoever, they're saying that God is the dokimos. He's the one who goes around approving or disapproving, qualifying or disqualifying the coins in circulation for whether or not they are still able to be used. Right? God is the weigher of men. Uh, he's the one, and women, obviously, uh, he's the one who makes sure that we are not cutting corners, uh, taking shortcuts, cheating others. All right, and when God finds somebody who is cutting corners, taking shortcuts, cheating others, 
then God works like a dokumos to remove that person from circulation, okay? to remove that person from ministry. Now, what this shows us is that the word dokumos, disqualified, disapproved, which I guess is a-dokumos, disqualified, disapproved, has nothing to do with whether a person receives eternal life, gets to go to heaven when they die, nothing like that. And instead, it's all about ministry and usefulness. The approval of God, the dokumos of God, has nothing to do with whether or not a person has eternal life, gets eternal life, keeps eternal life, nothing like that. Instead, it's all about whether or not God finds that person to be useful and honest and helpful and honorable in their dealings with others, in their ministry, in what God is trying to accomplish in this world. All right, so uh, that helps us understand 1 Corinthians 9, 27. All right, Paul, he's not concerned about whether or not he's going to have eternal life when he dies or whether or not he's going to go to heaven when he dies or nothing like that. And in fact, um, even in the context, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about his ministry, his message, his teaching. And he is concerned that he hopes that as he nears the end of his life, as he continues in ministry, that he doesn't mess up his ministry, that he doesn't make himself disqualified for his ongoing ministries. Paul still wants to go around and teach and plant churches and write letters and encourage Christians. And Paul knows that if he messes up, if he slanders Christ, even if he has some sort of moral failure, that this would disqualify him for ongoing ministry. And so Paul wants to run with certainty, not with uncertainty. That's what he talked about in the preceding context. Uh, even in the following context, Paul gives example of people, examples of uh, people who were disqualified. For example, he writes about the, uh, the Israelites in, in 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 12. Uh, they had blessings and benefits, okay? But uh, they, many of them died in the wilderness, he said. They were disqualified from entering into Canaan, the promised land. Anyway, the point of this entire context, it's not about receiving eternal life or you know, going to heaven when Paul dies. It's instead about him running in such a way so that he finishes the race, so that he can win the prize, which is an eternal life. Um, eternal life is the free gift of God to anyone and everyone who simply and only believes in Jesus for it. If you have believed in Jesus for eternal life, it's yours forever. It's eternal. Nothing you can do or say will ever cause you to lose it. All right? And that's Paul knew that as well. He wrote about it numerous places. Paul is not concerned with losing his eternal life. And you don't need to be either. But Paul is very much concerned with being disqualified for ministry. And we've all known pastors, spiritual leaders, teachers, authors, people who have disqualified themselves for pastoral ministry, for a teaching ministry, for you know, just being able to write books or whatever. Now, thankfully, there's grace and forgiveness, but, but we might be sidelined for a while. We might be put in the penalty box for a while, all right? For a couple of races, a couple of years, maybe even a couple of decades, depending on the sin and situation. And that's what Paul is concerned about, and that's what you and I can be concerned about as well, all right? Being disqualified does not mean losing eternal life. 
but losing your ministry or your opportunity to serve God in this life. Paul knew he could lose these things, and any one of us can lose these things as well, if we fail to love, follow, and obey God. So that's 1 Corinthians 9.27. When read this way, it becomes a much more encouraging text, right? You don't need to be afraid. In fact, the absolute lack of fear Perfect love casts out fear. When we know that God perfectly loves us, it removes all this fear of messing up. And, oh, no, I'm not sure if I should do this or do that. Look, if you stumble and fall, Jesus is going to come along and pick you up. He always forgives you, always loves you. You don't need to be afraid about your eternal life. There's no fear there. Okay? You can run your race with perseverance because you know that Jesus is there. And... You don't need to be afraid about your eternal future. That is safe and secure in the hands of God. Okay, but we do need to watch ourselves. Watch our life and doctrine closely. Because if we fail in one of these areas, it could mess up our ministry and our future opportunities to serve God, help other people, to teach others, to love others. All right, and lots of people have been disqualified for that very reason. All right, so there is a warning here for sure. Okay? But it's not about your eternal life, so don't be afraid of that. <laughs> All right, You are perfectly loved and accepted by God through Jesus Christ when you believe in Jesus for eternal life. But your life in ministry, well, that does take preparation and discipline, self-control, all those wonderful good things that help prepare us for ministry. I hope this was encouraging to you. And this podcast in general. Again, remember, if you would like to support the work I do and help spread this message around the world to so many people who are hearing it every week, you can uh, send a a donation or a gift to just cover the cost and keep this going. Simply send a text to PayPal, 729-725. That spells PayPal. Include two things in that text. The amount you want to donate, just a number, and then the email address to send the donation to. Donate at redeeminggod.com. By the way, another way to support this work is to join my online discipleship group. Uh, Even if you don't take the classes or anything, we have a great Facebook group where we interact and help people, encourage one another, answer questions um, that you would be invited to join. You can take my online courses as well. Okay, like this Gospel Dictionary course, which looks in more detail at this word approved, docket us, and several key texts that talk about it as well. And, uh, you know, there is some fee for that, but it's not like you're buying the courses or anything. That's just supporting the ministry I do. And then my way of saying thank you is by giving you access to the courses. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time as we look at another difficult text from Scripture and explain it in light of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. See you then. Bye.